greetings, everybody. My name is Ibuka Ede. I'm the founder of Save the Boys Initiative. I'm a boys development coach, and I'm very passionate about raising holistic boys, wholesome boys who will live positive and productive lives. So I've done a lot of work around boy child development, also hosted a number of programs from the International Boys Conference to the Boys Leadership Academy Mentoring Club for Boys, and quite a number of programs that help boys and parents of boys learn and understand what they need to do and how to raise boys in this 21st century. So everything about raising boys is all I do. Thank you very much, Mr. Eboka. On the meeting edition of Education in Focus, we have the privilege of having Mr. Eboka Obika Ede. He's a boys and men development coach, like he has rightly said, and he's also the founder of Save the Boys Initiative. He's passionate about boys development and youth mentoring. He does a lot of mentoring, coaching, and training in terms of life, leadership, and purpose. He also acts as a parent partner to help parents on the journey of raising and developing their boys. And he advocates total development of boys and advocates for their well-being. He has certificates in emotional intelligence, things mentoring, and organizational leadership. He's a graduate of sociology with master's in organization leadership in view. And he has certificates in non-profit leadership management course from the Lagos Business School. And he has received several awards and recognition for his work on boys coaching and is happily married to his beautiful wife. And uh, the union is also blessed with a child our many foster sons that agreed to that we're so glad to have joined us on our maiden edition of education in focus mr Ebuka. today we'll be discussing with him several topics related to education and what parents should be doing regarding the development of their children and what stakeholders in the educational sector should be doing what are the active conversations we should be having? What are the points that we should be giving attention to? What are the areas that in this present time, based on the different trends that have made our economies to evolve, what are the things that we should pay attention to as relating to parenting and educating the next generation? So my first question to Minister Abuka would be, what do you think the role of technology is in the daily lives? How should it impact the way of life of a young person? What's the impact of technology, even though we are all saying right now in the education space, there's a conversation ongoing about stakeholders being tech savvy, that we need to start introducing our children to the world of technology, make them tech savvy and all that. What do you think we should be doing, especially to help our young people as it relates to technology? Thank you very much. Thank you for having me once again. Uh, first start by saying that uh, most of our young people we have in our generation are from the Gen Z, the Generation Z. Uh, one of the things that characterizes the generation is the um, technology, IT. We can't remove that from them. And they are the digital natives. Mm. Most of our parents and some of our teachers are digital migrants who just came into this generation not really having an idea of what technology is doing. And as long as we want to raise young people in this time, we cannot then play the place of technology. So we need to begin to see, even with the ills and the negative side, to know that there are, there's a lot going on in the digital world. We need to expose our children, even though we need to do that in the ambience of safety. So the place of technology in raising young people in our time, you can't overlook that. Because a lot is happening in the world. There's a lot of digital connections. 
People are doing things that they're leaving the analog state and they are going digital. All right. We can we can say we're we're we are even able to have this meeting because of technology. All right. Yes. We're on Zoom, we are using that. So our children need to, their minds need to be sharpened. We need to help them broaden their perspective. We need to help them understand what is happening in the world and be able to help them step into it to be able to make the kind of change that is required. People are making mind-blowing innovations through technology. Programs are being held in different places. People are you know, on Zoom. People are in different platforms learning and equipping themselves. You know, robotics and all coding, different things are happening, helping the minds of our young people to sharpen up and to broaden up. And we are really seeing that in our educational system, we have not really seen this really play out so well. Some schools just see that they have a computer lab that they go once in a week or once in a while for those that these things are even working. And we are saying that these children can compete with the world if we are not exposing them to really leveraging on technology. You know, other places they are learning in their tabs in school, do a lot of research, you know, know what is happening, you know, make innovations. But when those tools are not available, then it becomes difficult for our young people to really learn this thing. We still see that we are teaching technology and computer in our school. We are not even practical about that. We are still copying notes and talking about computer and writing down instead of practicalizing these things. And we can see that it's affecting a lot of our young people because they see some innovations and they're like, who did this? How is it possible? You know, where did this come about? Because their minds have not been open. You know, one, one major issue we are seeing that we have a lot of fears because of what is happening Oh, in the social world. Oh, these students just go there to just watch movies, to watch dirty things and all of that. You know, but beyond that, there's what we call digital safety. And as we begin to explore this narrative, what are we not doing to help our children stay, stay safe on the internet? And that is an yes, area we need to work fear. on. Yeah. So I want yeah. you to speak to balance. You, you mentioned something around digital safety. Many parents are afraid of this exposure. Even this mm-hmm. needed exposure, this fundamental exposure, like you rightly said, many parents mm-hmm. are afraid. Many guardians mm-hmm. are afraid to mm-hmm. actually ex- release their children into this world, even though it's mm-hmm. so needed and is important. How do we make sure that there is digital safety? How do we make sure that our young people are not destabilized by this technology? How do we make sure that they obtain balance and use the technology in the relevant for the relevant things? Like you said, you know, the advancement, the kind of innovation and development that should come as a result of technology. How do we make sure that their mind, their skills are channeled towards that and they don't get distracted by it? Fantastic. Most parents are afraid of, oh, it's negative, but we are not coming to have that holistic conversation to know what are the pros and cons? What are the advantages? What are the disadvantages? And what do we need to do to close the gap? During the pandemic, I handled more kids of pornography between the ages of 8 and 11, other than before I used to handle more of teenagers, okay? Because of that, the children were exposed to a lot of online learning. There were a lot of ads, you know, popping up where children go to watch pornography, and there was a spike in child pornography. And that has been the fear. A lot of children were lured into this negative act. So we're telling parents, for yet, a lot of people still learn during the pandemic through it. A lot of minds were really sharpened, broadened, exposed, and they learned. Despite the fact that a lot of people were in 
entangled in that mess. So that's what we'll talk about digital safety. To let parents know these things are, are really necessary and effective. But the more we are having this question, are we also having this holistically to know that how people are trapped on the internet and what they need to do to stay safe? It's a conversation that we are not having. And so what we now do is to close them. Oh, don't go to the internet. It's bad, it's bad. They're not telling them why and how to stay with. But yet they will still go back and go to the internet and do the negative things because we didn't have the right conversation. What we are afraid of them going into, they are going, they are doing it, they are assessing, but because we're not having conversation to teach them on how to be safe. So even when they are safe behind us, they still go to the wrong places. But their parents, there's a media plan. Families have media plans. Okay, there are different apps that you can use, you know, for family safety to know where your children go to on the internet. There are a lot of those apps on the internet that parents use. Yeah, you can have family structure time where we know the time that you go to the internet to learn. Okay, between this time, or oh, there's somebody at home to be able to guide you to know that you are safe. Okay, but it gets a time where the children you can't be watching them or knowing uh, where are you now? Are, are you on WhatsApp? Are you on this? But it's what you've taught them that will help them to understand the implication of this. So I tell parents, do you have do you do phone literacy? In the academy, we do what we call phone literacy in one of our courses. What are we doing? Teaching the young people about pornography, the effect, the damages, so ahead of time, so that when they are lured, when they have those temptations, they understand the knowledge that they built now helps them to know what to do. Last month, I was one of our mentees who was going to the system. So he saw a pop-up. I said, ah, coach, I was around him. He said, come and see what you taught me. Well, thank you for teaching me because I wouldn't have known that click this. But with this that you have taught me, I'm able to click this pop-up because I now have understanding. So it's a holistic conversation. We've taught them phone literacy. Yeah. We've taught them uh, digital safety, things you need to do. How this can have a ripple effect in your mind when you go to the wrong site or the, the wrong places, when you expose yourself online, you teach them who to converse with online, how to talk with strangers, how to identify a red flag, wrong signals. Parents are afraid of having conversations that the children already are aware, and the internet is showing them the wrong thing. If we have wow. these conversations effectively, media plans, tech conversation, porn literacy, digital safety, then our children can be able to go and know what to do and what not to do. So they are ready to learn, but we are afraid of having the conversation. But once they're equipped early, then they will be able to do this effectively and the right. So we're just saying no because of our fears, but yet we are limiting our children. So we must expose them rightly and must also equip them on how to face those challenges when they see them. Wow. Thank you so much, Mr. Ebukai. Now you spoke to three things that are I'll quickly want to emphasize on. Mm -hmm. Number one is that parents are afraid and what their fear is, is not really a fear that should consume them, but a fear that should mm -hmm. push them to be intentional oh, yes. about this space. And one of the things I drew out from the conversation we're having right now Absolutely. is that many parents are not intentional in exposing mm -hmm. their children to this space. They allow their fear to consume them so much so that mm -hmm. even the same children they think they are protecting, they're actually hurting them. They're depriving them. Very so it's true. important that parents start getting, being intentional and yeah. also open up to learn about this space. Because I, I think ignorance yeah. is one of the big... Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because many parents oh, yes. are actually ignorant and Very they pass true. on the ignorance to the children. Absolutely. So they are not able to communicate effectively to the children, the pros and the cons. And that's why development and training is important. And I love that you 
highlighted that for us that if these children are harmed with the requisite information the requisite skills training and development they will do well very true they will be able to avoid certain and i love that we're speaking to this because it's important that parents understand this of course the guidance they provide and how they expose their children to the relevant information and skills will help them to live and make better decisions and Absolutely. that's going to take me to the second question sir Since media is a major key player in the life of any person, many young people are being driven by it. What is our role as educational stakeholders? How do we ensure that the right information is being assessed by these young people? I keep saying to people, I say we owe it to the next generation to raise them right. We lived in a community where we had a communal system of raising children mm-hmm. you can be a mother biologically to one but raise a thousand mm-hmm. and that's the african community which we must not lose it, mm. it, it's the culture that helped us over the years to raise a responsible generation and Absolutely. it looks as if we are losing that gradually now everybody is right. living in a fenced house focusing on just their own children mm-hmm. very few people are passionate and enthusiastic like you are reaching out and mentoring and raising other people's sons. Now, what is our role? I want you to speak to that. As educational stakeholders, what are the things we should start doing? Fantastic. I will ask us, do we even have enough content out there before even encouraging the young people to take advantage? I would say we are really not very intentional because we see how strategic these people who are luring our young people Ah, strategic in their content, strategic in their delivery, the creativity, and what the resources that have been pumped into this. Even into it. And I ask, if we're really intentional, how effective, how strategic are we to give an alternative that is not just healthy, but creative, but appealing? Yes. All right. That's appealing. We lack content. We have a lot of content that is not appealing, that they can't connect with, that are boring. You know, these people are so strategic. One of those nights I was, I was working on something that I was even tired. And I just told myself, these people that are after the, the you know, getting these young people, luring them into a lot of things through the internet, they are not even to anywhere they are available. How available are our resources? How strategic? How creative? How how is it connecting? So for me, for us in Africa, I said there's a lot we still need to do. And sometimes I ask, is it the resources that's our problem or that we are not even engaging the young? Because one of the things I'm really doing is to engage the young people in the process. Engage them. They know what they want. If we create, create a platform, the enabling environment for them, they are going to create what will not just help them, but what will help other young people. So we are not leveraging on what we have. And we are, for me, I think we are not strategic enough to push out content. I see some educationists who say, ah, oh no, not TikTok. I can't be there, not Snapchat. Not the... We need to go there and create content. Mm. We need to go there and create educational content. Because our young people are there. Oh no, say, ah, we can't, can't go there. My school can't be on TikTok. Why will your school not be on TikTok? Where the students are, what content are we creating to counter what they are watching there? So we see millions of videos are not adding value. But who have millions of videos that are not just adding values but strategic and appealing to young people. So we need there's a lot we need. I think we need to even 
dismantle this mindset of, uh, oh, no, 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 uh, we don't have to be there. Oh, we have to get them to read books, uh, do this. How are we creating videos, content? How are we creating things that will help them learn? So if we want to work, then we have to wake up the responsibility. We don't have enough, so that's for me. We don't have enough strategic, intentional that appeals to our young people. And if we want to reach this generation, then it is sacrosanct. There's no way that we will not do this. So there are contents, but we need to be creative. In creative videos, in creative talks, you know, no matter how short they are, but impactful, as young people go there, you know, they're having enough content to feed their mind, to help them read it, to help them deepen their understanding. Because the challenge that young people are having is so enormous that one million of videos is like they're having 1,000 videos to two good, 1,000 bad videos to like five good videos, you know? And these ones are on the top of the field, of, of the feed. They're on the top yes, of the chart. Yeah, when you go, that is what is there. They are being suggested to them. They are being sponsored. How strategic. So this thing is not, it will not just follow us. We have to work for it. And as I say, we have a lot of work in connecting with young people in our generation. A whole lot of work. And for me, lastly, I say, let's engage the young people. These people, the content in creating them, engage them. They are ready. Let's pump in these resources. And let's do our own advert. Let's do our own video. Let's push it out there. Let's go to Snapchat. Let's go to TikTok. Let's have them there on Facebook so that they can learn in a way that is strategic and we know we are not losing them. So when we say go there and be safe, what content are we putting up for them there to also be safe and also, you know, have the social feel that they need to have and still within the ambience of safety. We still have a lot more to do as education. Yeah, thank you so much, sir. That, that's a serious call to action. You know, <laughs> I love that because we all have, all hands have to be on deck. The contents we are, we are saying is mm -hmm. bad, you mm -hmm. know, and all that. They are so available, so appealing. Oh and yes, we need to really be in that space if we want. Oh, yes. if we want to stop that content from mm -hmm. shaping mm -hmm. the mind of our yeah. young people, then we have to create an alternative. To That's really alternative. powerful. We have to create oh, yes. an alternative, oh, and oh, yes. every educational stakeholder have to take that as a responsibility. Definitely, we have to create an alternative that is appealing. I love that word. That is appealing. That is oh, attractive. Yes. We need oh, to create. Yes. Thank you so oh, much. Yes. So I'm going to move Thank to the you. next question. You know, the issue around the boy child, hmm. it has taken the back seat. Yeah. Everybody is talking Very about true. the girl child. Very Everybody true. talking about <laughs> the girl child education, girl child right. And it looks as mm -hmm. if, you know, the boy child is oftentimes overlooked. What mm. are the things as educational stakeholders as parents, guidance, educationists, consultants, what are the things that we have overlooked about the boy child? What are the areas of concerns as it relates with the boy child that we're not having conversations about? Hmm, it's a very big one. <laughs> so last year, November, we went, we did a project to 21 schools to reach out to 5,000 boys. And uh, for each school we went to, I was told the boys who came to talk to the boys, they're like, hey, are you sure? <laughs> Nobody comes to talk to the boys. And they're like, are you sure you came to talk to the boys? For every school, they said this is the first time somebody is coming to talk to boys. Some of them, it was unbelievable. And so then, 
that, that we just came alone was, you know, just relieving for them. As the conference in Lagos two days ago, I was talking about, and I was telling them, who then we were wondering what was our offense. But I went to a boarding house and I was there for six years. You know, you only see the boys also very porous. It's just like we have abandoned projects. I'll keep asking that. And the case is always friends. Needs everything yeah. inside, they have light, we don't, we're always in darkness. We are keep, we kept acting ourselves at some point. Their food, we noticed that there was even a difference. These are the things that keep going on in the mind of boys. For me, I think there's been a gross neglect, and we are seeing the impact of that. So, I want to work yes. to that project. A lot of people are like, Oh, thank you for coming. There really has been a very drastic drop in the academic performance of boys. They're not being well academically, a lot of them are even losing interest in school. And for us, that is a red flag. That is a no-no. That is devastating for the future. Because how will they lead? If the leaders of the next generation are not equipped to lead families, we keep wondering how. If our boys are not equipped to lead families, how will the next generation be? You know, how will leadership be for them? So we're being in gross neglect, and we're all seeing the results of that educationally. You know, we go to a lot of our schools. Oh, I like the fact that they say, oh, let's be gay friendly. But we have boys and girls in that school. Can we also be boy friendly and also girls friendly? I went to a federal government school, and the boys' federal government school, I was shocking to know that the person in charge of counseling was a woman. For me, this is a no no. All right. In, irrespective of how uh, a professional she might be, they're dealing with, the, with boys. They're having deep issues that they can't even connect some of them to a woman. All right. How are we intentional to ensure that our boys also learn? Do you know that the 2019 ABCLM report, there's a Ministry of Education website shows that 68% of out of school children are boys in Nigeria, and 62% are boys and 38% are girls. This is the 2019 report. 62% are boys and 38% are girls. And so you now ask yourself, who is really out of school in Nigeria? And with the pandemic and insecurity where more boys are leaving school, I wonder what will be the percentage by now. There's been a gross neglect. And I go to those schools and those boys say, they can't really talk about their issues because you talk and they ask you a boy, little or no concern when it comes to that. And boys keep asking, okay, a lot of men have marginalized women. What have the boys got done? Because she said, if our men, if the men have made mistakes, what mistakes have we ourselves made? Why are we suffering for the pain that men have caused society? And if we are not equipped, what do we expect? How do we expect that they will not grow up to repeat the vicious cycle? Yeah. I think we need to do more. Our boys are listening to are in school. And we think it's nothing. Oh, and that's why the money we have in our bank, somebody somewhere is there pressing buttons to this computer and inside phoning the money because they ask, nobody cares about whether I go to school or not. We can't travel from one state to another. Boys are blocking the highways and it's, it's really a mess. Is it courtesy? Is it fraud? Is it rape? You know, everywhere. What do you expect from a broken boy? What do you expect from a boy that is neglected? What do you expect from a boy who is motion? It doesn't really matter. It was just two years ago that uh, the Senate passed a law recognizing men as males as victims of rape. You know, it's as if 
Everything you just, you can figure it out. We just have the mindset they can figure it out. They know what to do. But really, how will they figure it out when they have not been taught? So there's a lot of expectation over boys that have not been trained. And we are all suffering from the ripple effects of that. So educationally, we need to make our schools get friendly. We also need to make it boys friendly. How, what are they having in the whole thing? How are they unleashing the energy they have in puberty? What activities are we creating to help their mind? And there's a lot they can do a whole lot. You see a lot of competitions, you know, a lot of uh, things going on. I see a lot of girls going for competitions. You know, but the boys are not there. They don't even go for anything. They hardly go for anything. Nobody's organizing things that will help them also bring out the best in them. I know a lot of them, you know, the former education, which we are going to talk about later, they also have, you know, they want to do things with their hands. Where are the opportunities? I think we just need to really do a lot. When you go to school, is it? We're talking about puberty. Some boys were like, I'm hearing this for the first time at 17, 18. Somebody's telling me about talking to me about my sexuality, they're talking about um, puberty and masturbation. And the boy was like, in a school here in Abuja, I'm hearing this for the first time. And he's struggling with masturbation. He was asking me, Oh, I even saying I should do it three times a week instead of every day. Because to him, this is normal. Nobody's telling me anything. You know, they should just go there, just dump them there. They should die if they want to. We are not concerned. And I think we really need to wake up. And that's why so many of them are on the street because there's a vacuum that has been created that they're looking for ways to fill it up. And so many of them are giving it back because of the way the society has inflicted that on them. Negligence, I don't here, I've seen boys, I've gone to the police station, I say, I'm just doing it because I feel pain with the society. I'm calling my aggression because I feel so lonely, I feel so neglected. And these people on the highway, on the streets that are doing a lot of negative things are waiting to receive these boys that are, that need to fill up the vacuum that we are not feeling in school, at home. As in, we're going to have the boys' conference, they're telling us this is the first time they're going to a boys' conference, but then the girls go every time, one program. So one principal in the school told us that, if I used, she used to feel for them, the way they would stand on the window and always watch them talking to girls every time sharing things. Sometimes she even beg them, can you carry some things and give these boys? Because you, you, you could see the dejection, you could see the pain, you could see the agony on their face. Like, what is wrong? What, what crime have I done to become a boy? a boy? You know, is it a crime to be a boy? And I could see the joy in their faces that we just came to speak to them. We need to do more. A lot of our boys are disconnected. And we are seeing the ripple effect of that in the society. Look at why look at Neko results. There's a gross decline in the academic performance of boys. As in gross decline in the schools, the statistics are alarming. What will happen in the next 10 years, 20 years? These are leaders of tomorrow. If they are not equipped, how will they lead the next generation? Thank you, Mr. Ebuka. That's really thought-provoking. <laughs> a lot you said in such a short time about how we raise and educate our boys, mm -hmm. what we should start focusing on, why we should not like, neglect them and also give them attention. And mm -hmm. I believe this message will go to as many stakeholders as possible that we need to start giving it. Because like you said, the statistics are online is showing our neglect we're seeing the effect of it how we have overlooked them over the years you know we tell you a boy man up just figure it out 
and we can see how that has negatively affected you know these boys how vulnerable they are they've been left unattended to and some of them uneducated and you've spoken a lot about the damage that has done to the society and we can all mm. see it you know leaving one then gender out and focusing on another and you know for me now i'm an advocate of balance it's not enough to say that, you know, we just want to focus on, on the girl child. We can cry out about vulnerability. Yeah. But yeah. it happens on both sides. If you're a mother and you true. have a boy child and you have a girl child, you realize that you don't want to leave one unattended to. Very because true. whether you like it or not, each of them will represent you one way or the other. And they have a role to play. We need to start giving attention, like rightly said, to both gender. Nobody should be left out. Boys should not be left to figure it out on their own. Mm -hmm. They should not be left to hustle on their own. Mm -hmm. I want to speak particularly to this now. How important is education to boys? I, I saw one of your posts recently. You said education is not a scam. And I mm -hmm. read through it and I found that submission very, very, very enlightening. And I want you to just speak to that. How Thank important is education to the boys? Yeah, there is a slogan among boys, school not scam, all right? And why are they saying this? Because the society have tried to promote people who don't value education, who value nudity, who value responsibility. They are the ones that are being celebrated. They are the ones that money is being spent on. People who change gender and all manner who are the ones, millions of followers who see the society celebrating, honoring. And they keep not keep asking you. Then what is the essence of the school you're asking you to go to? When the people who are not going and making money are being celebrated everywhere. Yeah. And that's where the slogan, a lot of boys will tell you, school has come. But I tell them it's not true. Because if you miss out of education, there's any tendency that you go to be a young man, a young woman who has missed out a whole lot in life. You find it difficult to finish a task. You find it difficult to really build resilience and be able to pull through an issue and achieve a certain result because over time you've always felt that you can always have your way around you. Things can always, you can always find a way to do things the other way. And it's really alarming. Of social statistics of boys who are not even writing wire can go in their schools. And it was, I shared about a school who had over 700 students, and the principal said, we have less than 300 who registered. He said, what's we'll something? All of them go out because they believe, oh, oh we don't got a right song, we are talking about help source. And so they're losing interest in education. And we all know the importance of education in the life of a child. If our boys are not going to school, where will they end up? You come in town, you come in teeth, you come in, because they don't know how to be resilient, how to pull through certain things in life to get what you want. So you always want it a quick fix, a quick fix. Oh, you can always be quick, sharp, sharp, whichever way. And that is all they want through life. How to get the money quick, how to get what a girl I want quick, how to get a contract I want quick. They will always want to cut corners in life because that is what they have been exposed. So education is key. It broadens the mind. It helps you to learn resilience. It helps you to learn the late gratification. It helps you to learn know the principles or the path to success, hard work, diligence. Yes. Children, if our boys are not learning it, 
Now imagine the kind of leaders they'll be tomorrow. Who will pack money, who don't care. That's like one person will siphon money that's made for one million people and you're not bothered. Because growing up, you can always find your way around things and do whatever you want to do and still get the results or certificate, nevertheless. So you grow up thinking, I can, everybody can die for all I care. That is where it starts. It's in education to understand emotional intelligence, to understand how to strive, work hard, you know, be diligent, knowing that life is not just about you. There's a lot of people in the track, so you need to work hard. If they don't do that, that's how they will grow thinking. Somebody will just sit down there and gather whatever. He doesn't care of working hard, just stays on your side for money and uselessly because you have not gone through the process that will help to shuffle you, to refine you, and to help you work on becoming a diligent man. When we, our boys are not properly educated, we only create young people who want a quick fix, a quick way out, who want to steal, who lack integrity, who lack resilience, who lack character, who lack a sound mind because they've not gone through a process. And the impact on the society is devastating. We can see the results already. And it's so unfortunate that parents are even aiding some of our boys. Oh, you don't just get Unfortunately, because most parents, the person was telling me that the parents are even paying, paying for the center, paying for them to travel. They even have meetings that they're literally begging parents to allow their children right, and they say no. Like, we're, we're really in a crisis and we don't understand that we're in a deep mess. And tomorrow when that boy stands up to challenge you or beats you or packs his load out of the house or steals your money, you are looking for village people who are following you, not knowing that you yourself, you are that village person that have yeah. demonized and have frustrated the future of your child. Our boys have no education, we are just waiting, it's a time bomb waiting to explode. Because they are not, they can't be equipped to be responsible to be resilient, to be hardworking, and to bring the kind of change out there. We can see it in some of the leaders that we have today who cut short the educational processes, who went through shortcuts. I'll keep seeing them bring shortcuts even through life. We keep seeing people, fathers, husbands, and families looking for shortcuts because they are not really ready to sit, learn, be equipped. That is where it happens. Everywhere they are looking for quick fees, shortcuts, and not ready to work diligently and be responsible. It affects every area of his boy's life as he becomes a man. Education is so important because it raises the kind of men that we want. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much. I love the passion and the fire in your voice. It speaks to, it speaks to deep conviction because, you know, it, oh, yeah. there are very few people in our generation that feels responsible for the next generation. Absolutely. And oftentimes I tell people, I said, until until we become responsible, except we don't believe in the future. If we believe in the future, then we invest in it. Until oh, yeah. we start investing in the future, we don't believe in it. We, we can we talk it, we can, you know, play games around it. But if we don't start investing in the future, then truly we don't believe mm, in it. Mm. And this speaks to the many things Very that true. we find ourselves doing. If we truly believe in this next generation, we should be willing to invest in them. And that's, that's why I'm going to ask you the next question, sir. What should we be doing? Because now the problem is enormous. We are seeing it. These children are enormous. gradually losing out, losing interest, losing passion, losing fire for education. 
like you said, the society is not encouraging. We are celebrating when, you, when it comes to competitions relating to educational prowess. There's little or no sponsorship. But when it comes to mm. dance, it comes to strategy, oh. entertainment, you see all the sponsors coming out. You see all the money, money back, bringing out the money. And it looks as if there is this bleak future. You know, our mm. young people no longer believe in what you're saying to them. They, they look at you like, you know, you're just old school. You don't understand what's trending. How and can we correct this world? Mm. What do we need to start practically doing to invest in this future that we want to see? How do we correct the mm. wrong? How do we gradually gravitate towards building a future that has a solid foundation in diligence and hard work. Well, and that's why we are here in this space working. We are preparing for International Boys Conference and this year we are hosting over 1,000 boys. It's a lot of money, but that is a part of the mind of our boys. We went to our schools. You know, all of the boys are even begging us don't went to the streets. Please come out. The principals, they are open. They are willing. It's a lot of money. But how much are we even talking about? Well, because it's not entertainment, yes. people's faces will not be seen on the posters. Oh, they are not going to dance crazy. People are not willing to do that. So I think beyond even the classroom work, we need to be more... I'm happy that some schools are really having some good clubs or bringing about some initiatives that are helping. But... How effective are this? What level of resources are we even pumping? Most of the things I even see that in those schools, they are not really, most of them are not even really government thing. It's in, they are individuals that are coming in to do those things. How much resources do we even have? For, because if you go out and you see those kind of clubs or other things outside, the money invested, the resources invested in it, <laughs> it takes a lot of grace for you to tell another young person not to go there. You know, so we need to understand that. We see that. Are we even aware of the battle that we are fighting? We cannot fight a battle we are not aware of. Because so many people, the eyes are not even really open to see that we're in a deep crisis, we're in a pandemic. We cannot fight a battle we are not, we are, we are not aware of. I cannot prepare, for a, cannot prepare for a battle we are not aware of. We cannot win a battle we are not prepared for. All right? So I always say, we cannot fight a battle we are not aware of, and we cannot win a battle we are not prepared for. We are not even aware that the battle and we are not preparing to fight. We are not preparing for it. So there's a lot to be done. We need to sit down as stakeholders and like, what do we need to do? And for me, beyond the classroom work, we need to begin to bring up, we need a lot of our young people need mentoring and accountability, mentoring. I think that is a key thing I want to see becoming so active in schools that there's a strategic, intentional, connected mentoring programs and activities your young people can really learn from people who have gone ahead, learn about their, their kids, the success, what they did, you know, where they will be encouraged, where they will be inspired. We are starting something, I said, it was an award for best students in school in our, our conference, want to give in awards. Good, you know, bring a good money to give awards to people who are standing academically. Looking for something that will match or even go beyond what these people who are who don't lack values are given to people who are new to encourage creativity, to encourage hard work, to encourage diligence. So for me, I really love the idea of mentoring clubs, leadership clubs, where resources are channeled for young people to understand values, to build those values and be followed through a process to learn. Because a lot of them at home, the, the digital circle, the, the parents they are looking up to, the men they are looking up to, I really nothing to write home about. So we need to raise these mentors and we need to equip them to also raise these people. They need guidance. Every boy out there needs to be led 
They want to be led. There's a desire for somebody, but we have such leaders that can really equip them to understand to help them through. We need that mentoring. We need to channel resources to teams that are effective that will help them to learn beyond the classroom, building values, building, you know, virtues that will help them to thrive. And then creating opportunities that will help them to understand that hard work pays, you know, where we are really appreciating those who are selling yes. to encourage them that it pays to work hard. We are not foolish to work hard, you know, yes. and that nudity is not valuable than, than hard work. We must show yes. it by our actions and by the resources we pump in. It is there. But do we have the value? Do we, are we aware there's a battle? Are we preparing to really face what is ahead of us? So stakeholders should come together and really talk. But for me, I think mentoring is key. Encouraging these values, encouraging and celebrating hard work is so key. As we go, there are relevant things that young people are going through that we are not talking. We are not, we are not skillful in talking about tech literacy, porn literacy. There are deep issues they are going through where that we are not meeting those needs. They have a deep emotional intelligence. These are things that need to be inculcated into a mentoring program that will help a young man, a young woman, to, you know, to understand what he's going through, to build the resilience, to find peace in order to learn. Young people are going through deep issues that we are not handling, but yet we want them to learn. So the vacuum is there, and there's no way learning can be effective. Mentoring is key, a deliberate, intentional, skillful, strategic mentoring programs that will help them to understand, find their purpose, release, unleash their potentials, and try to be the best. Thank you so much, Mr. Ebuka. That's so profound. We need to start mentoring our young people. And that speaks, and thank you for making mention of investment. We See, we can't continue to just lip service these things. We need to put action behind our words. If we are saying that our young people are gradually being deceived and lured away from these values, then what are we doing to retain that value we need to invest and that's why i keep saying to uh, educational actors sometimes we we can blame the parents and you mentioned something is that who are even the parents that these children are looking up to the quality of parenting in our generation has dropped oh. people are chasing after money they don't have time for their mm. children they see them <laughs> as baggage they see them as extra weights they no see time. them as liability so what is the alternative that these children have? What is the kind of community we are build, building around these children? It's important. Mm. So we Very need to important. invest. We need to, we need to be there. There must be an alternative if they want to reach out. Mm -hmm. There must be somebody they can reach out to and they Absolutely. will get sound counsel. Absolutely. So it's important we are there. And thank you so much for speaking to that. And I want to say, I want to ask, what are the urgent adjustments? necessary additions we need in our curriculum in our schools that will take care of the needs of these young people what are the conversations we should be having in our schools right now you mentioned some of them around you know emotional intelligence speaking actually to the needs of these children but what are the other adjustments and necessary additions that we should have that would actually make our curriculum effective and make our young people productive. Fantastic. I saw something that Lagos State did just, I think they launched it this week. I've forgotten the name of the program, um, but it's to help really 
improve on vocational education, vocational skills. And I think that was mind-blowing, all right? Where they're really inculcating vocational skills, where it's not just that they're learning a skill, but you are being both formally and informally educated. After, I think, just three, then you now decide how do you want to further, all right? They are so intentional. It was really a very good program that I think if it's well implemented, it's really going a long way. All right, because I think you know our young people are gifted, but we are not giving them the room to explore their gifted and be the best out of it. I can see countries like China, Germany, and the, most of the Western world where the children are really having opportunity to create, to innovate. So I think a lot of young people are just reading and learning, but they are not given the platform to create, to be innovative, and there's a lot in their mind. So I think we need to urgently begin to create ways for young people to innovate, to create, and the ability to unleash their potential on the skill they have on the inside of them. So I really like that the pilotes that Lagos State is doing to really make that an integral part of education. So you're not just learning, uh, but you're learning. And if you want to go vocational, you want to really work and prove to be a professional, the best in that field, there's that opportunity for you to do that. So you're an educated fashion designer, you're an educated um, uh, photographer, are, because these are things that we educated, uh, you know, uh, model, okay? Because these are things that are really trending in the world. These are the things that, you know, a lot of young people are making impacts around the world in this area. So how can we help them not just to just learn this skill, but they're in school, you know, they're learning academically and they're being equipped with that knowledge and with that skill as an educated young man or young woman, all right? And I think we need to really leverage on that as we grow. Create opportunity for young people to create and to be innovative. I think that is missing in our education. There's a lot of um, theory and less of practical. We are in a generation that they want to work. They want to do things with their hands. How can we inculcate them? We see a lot of young people who I will tell you they want to do football, football, football. All right. And I see a lot of Western countries where they have a football school, an academy. So you are going like a secondary school, you are learning other subjects, you are learning football. And yeah. they are able to thrive because they are doing what they enjoy and then they are learning. These are innovations that I think is very, very key because these things we can't remove them from young people. So how can we let, help them learn effectively and be educated and to thrive in those potentials that they have? I think it's really missing in our curriculum and we need to find ways to begin to insert that. So there's the need for us to, to actually allow them be innovative and creative. You know, there's a lot of energy they need to burn. A lot of energy they need to burn. And we're not creating the platform. Yes, the, the platform for that. Very true. Very true. That is the word. For them to express and burn this energy. And if so, so we have to just help them channel this energy mm -hmm. into a productive mm -hmm. and positive, positive use. So, so that they will not get carried away and exhausted. 
absolutely. step in this negativity that the society absolutely. is presenting before them and lowering them into absolutely. it's been a beautiful conversation with you, Mr. Ebuka. I thank want to you. sincerely thank you on behalf of Fikas of Foundation for honoring our maiden edition of Education in Focus. Our passion is seeing the next generation thrive and become all that they have been created to be. Mm. We believe that the next generation have huge potential. If only we can help them to understand the huge deposits in them and how best to exploit their red diamonds that are waiting to be discovered. Absolutely. Thank you so very much for the gift of your time, Mr. Ibuka. It's been a Thank beautiful, you for beautiful conversation <laughs> with you this morning. Thank you. Now, I want to say my, warm, my sincere warm regards to your beautiful wife and daughter and your numerous you sons. So We're looking forward to the International <laughs> Boys Conference and I believe that we'll, we'll communicate with you soon to see how Absolutely. we can also be a part of raising that next generation. Thank Absolutely. you. So, and for those that want to reach me, they can always reach me on my handle, ebuka underscore voice coach on IG, or Save the Boys Initiative on any social media platform. We can always connect. Yeah, thank you so much for yes, having me. Would you well to share all your handles with me. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.